0: Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. You can find more helpful advice at focusonthefamily.com slash podcast
1: We've all seen it, either in person or in the media. A mom or a dad at some little league or football or soccer game, and they are getting on their kid's case, or they're constantly yelling at the ref or the coach about their child. And it's every time I see that, it's like, yikes. You know take a breath, get some space. I'm John Fuller, along with Danny Werton. and Danny. It's okay to have high expectations for our kids. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having expectations, but um at some point in time, isn't average just like okay
2: <laughs> yes and and really, what is it that what what is at the core of that question right john uh what is average? And why are we not okay with our kids being who they are? Because the
1: average is like most people. <laughs> <laughs>
2: right. That's exactly right. I still remember uh, coaching Little League and basketball as my as my son was growing up and watching some of the parents as they yelled at their, their own kids from, uh, from other teams. Our team was actually, we had a great set of parents. But seeing some other parents speak into their kids' lives the way they did with the high expectations you could tell that there was something empty in the parent that they're trying to fulfill yeah. in their child yeah. and god has told us as his children we're masterpieces of his creation he created for specific things that he's designed us for and that's our job as parents not to create superstars but to create uh children of god where there's a soul transformation that takes place in our kids
1: i appreciate that and let's hear more now from genie cunyon she's a speaker and an author. Uh, she explained how high-pressure moms um, can let go a bit and give themselves and their kids permission to be less than
3: perfect. Well, and I, I want to get back to that success issue, because I think, again, our culture inculcates our good Christian thinking, if I could put it that way, Yes. what, what we can learn in suffering, in losses, pretty much, Uh, And it emphasizes success. And uh, oftentimes, you know, our version of success doesn't line up with God's plan of success. What does success look like to God? And you've hit it, but man, it's hard as a parent to decouple success as a 4.3 valedictorian, quarterback of the football team, scholarship offer, whatever it might be. And, of course, goes to Bible study every week and, you know, is the leader of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes Club and all those kinds of things. And those are good things. They're not bad things. If you've achieved those things, right. that's good. Yes. But it has to always be in context of what God is teaching you. Are you humble about those things, et cetera? So when you're looking at uh, success, how do we learn uh, to let go of those expectations, the ungodly expectations that we want the outcomes to be? You know, that there are all those things. Not every kid can do that. There's only one spot to be the president of FCA. Right. There's only one role here. And... Uh how do we manage that as a parent too? if our kids are just average, if I could say it that way, and to be okay with the fact that God's lifting them up in different ways, not the way the culture would applaud.
0: Right. I think to get okay with that, we first have to get okay with that in our own lives. I think that's always, so often it comes back to that in parenting. How do I define success in my own life? And what do I anchor my worth in? And if we're anchoring our own success and our own value and our accomplishments, we're going to be putting that same kind of pressure on our kids. And so it's that constant invitation from God to come back and say, I am who God says I am. He created me for a purpose. I'm going to stay in my lane and I'm going to watch him be glorified in it.
3: Yeah. Um, let me ask this as we are nearing the end. I'm thinking of the prodigal child, the, the parents that have really struggled. Yes and you're touching on that only god can do that only god can draw somebody to him only god can uh, knock the scales from someone's eyes if they're living in a way that is not honoring to him and as parents you know we feel like failures Uh, i know gene and i we had a situation once And I mean, it was, my goodness, we have done a horrible job here. Mm -hmm. And you start self-loathing and all the criticism. It happens to every one of us. And you have to think that through as a couple, pray about it.
0: And it's painful. And it's painful. But I
3: think especially for those parents who have a prodigal child, Mm -hmm. who are really killing themselves, because uh, there's all kinds of rationales for that. We didn't spend enough time with him or her. Uh, We didn't do the right things. We didn't apply the right formula. If we only would have done these things differently, Mm -hmm. they would have turned out uh, loving God and knowing God. What is that balance there? When you start talking about really leaving it and handing it over to God, that these children are gods, and you have a 20-something who may be addicted to drugs or is far from the Lord in physical purity or whatever the situation might be, Right. what do you say?
0: Yeah, God is not finished with that child yet. Mm. But I do think this, I think that there is a particular verse that, that the enemy does so well in twisting and using to create so much guilt and shame in a Christian parent's life. And it's Proverbs 22, six, where it talks about, train your child up in the way they should go.
3: Right.
0: And when they are old, they will not depart from it. And we read that verse as a promise rather than a proverb. Uh So if you read that as an if-then promise, then you're thinking it's all on me, and Uh if I do it all right, they'll turn out all right, and it's all on me. If I do it all wrong, they'll turn out all wrong because this is an if-then promise, but it's not. It's a proverb, which is wise instruction for us to follow And so the invitation, even in a verse like that, is to say, that is a proverb. And by God's grace, I will do all that I can to lead my children to love him and know him. But again, it goes at the end of it, it goes back to saying, if we understand that though we are significant, we are not sovereign, we are freed up to say, Lord, I matter in my child's life. I matter what I do really matters but I am going to trust you with the kids you have entrusted to me I really want parents to be able to to read that verse and find freedom in it because it's wise instruction but at the end of the day there is only one who will not fail our kids and it's not me and Jim it's not you and John it's not you there's only one who has never and will never fail them and that's Jesus and we are free to confess that and that doesn't make us failures It makes us people who know the extravagance of God's grace and can parent our children with more of a lightness and more of a joy um, and more of a wonder. You know, wonder is this hopeful expectation of what God's going to do next.
3: Yes. Well, and I I love that, Jeannie, because uh, I think as parents, we fail to see the long view. I mean, I think what that proverb is alluding to is the fact that a person in their teen years and in their 20s doesn't have a lot of wisdom often. Yes. But by the time they're old, they'll have a lot more wisdom Mm -hmm. and they'll understand what mom and dad were saying Mm -hmm. about staying close to God, uh, leaning into God, trusting God. I think life in its intention and why the Lord has done this is that when we are old, we will know God is right and the world it's wrong. And that's the bottom line. And we as parents simply need to keep that conduit open. Uh, to God's heart, that God is for you. And I love that. And he who began
0: a good work in you will be faithful to complete it on the day when Christ Jesus returns, right? As parents, we want that heart change by Friday, right? We want it. what we put in, we want to see immediate change. And Paul writes about how God will complete his good work on the day when Christ Jesus returns. This is a lifelong process.
1: Well, Danny, it's pretty clear there are no guarantees that our kids are going to stay away from drugs and stay pure sexually or even um, want to know God, um, no matter what we do, no matter what kind of foundation we lay. I mean, their actions are totally theirs and sometimes out of control.
2: Yes, and and we wish we could have a guarantee, right, that we could have what we are so used to, the warranties, the guarantee, the, the, the 10-year warranty on whatever you buy, But in this case, there just is no control. One thing we can do faithfully is pray for our kids. The other one is speak truths into their lives Mm. consistently, uh, ask questions that need to be asked, know that we're not here to make our kids happy, but to enter difficult moments with our kids, even if that um, takes more energy than we're uh, used to giving. Yeah. And so entering those places with our kids gives your kids the best chance. And they may turn towards drugs or other things that are self-destructive, knowing that there's a journey there. And we see in Scripture, Paul, David, other people did things that were off track, and they they reset. Yeah. And we've talked about reset buttons here. There's reset moments Mm -hmm. in our lives where God takes us there and brings us back where Uh, Maybe our heart is more open to what we need to hear.
1: Let me ask you something. I was talking to um, somebody that does leadership development, and he said he works kind of with elite leaders and that um, almost to a, a person, these elite leaders come from super high expectations, high performing families where mom and dad just drove. And so they have this insatiable hunger. This overcompensation. And I said, I I hear what you're saying, but I mean we do want our kids to do well for God. We do want our kids to succeed in life. And and, and you're saying I should aim for average? And he said, That's not bad. Yeah, Aiming for good. average. That's
2: good.
1: And and I I loved the reminder because it's so countercultural. It's not it's not what we're accustomed to. But I asked him, who in scripture do you see that was a leader who had uh, you know, a great upbringing. And <laughs> That's good. he just yeah. smiled. He said, well, there, there aren't many, no. if any, no. that I can think of. I mean, Abraham? No. Isaac? No. Jacob? No. David? Solomon? That, I mean, the list just goes on and on. These people were flawed human beings. God used them as leaders. I'm not saying that we should mess our kids up so they can be great leaders, but it feels like there's a real disconnect between today's culture and what scripture tells us, is a regular pattern of life.
2: Sometimes in that emptiness, your your soul is much more open to what it needs to hear. I, I remember recently with a, a, a young man that was completely addicted to crystal meth, hmm. to uh, all kinds of drugs, had made very poor decisions, uh, was facing amputation of a leg, and the oh. doctor said, you have a lot of people that care deeply for you, but it's going to be up to you on whether or not you save this leg. And it took him pausing for a moment and seeing who those people are around him that care about him to decide I'm going to stop these drugs. because I want to save my leg as well. Mm. And he entered a place of gratitude and is in the beginning stages of a complete transformation in him. But that road was difficult and it cost him a lot.
1: Yeah. And this just goes back to one of Jeannie's key tenets And you've said it already here. We can pray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it We we can't make decisions for our kids at some point. It's about soul
2: transformation, right?
1: Yeah. Well, we hope you are encouraged to to train up your child and to see that it's not a promise. It is a principle. You train them up and you let them go and you let God uh, take care of that child's uh, life and direction. And Jeannie's book is going to allow you, especially if you're a mother, she's going to allow you— to let go and she has some great tips about how you can turn that child over to god every day a lot of good prayer points in there Uh, the book is called mom set free we'll send a copy of it to you as our thank you gift when you join the support team with a monthly pledge or one-time gift of any amount Um, we do have some excellent online resources and wonderful counselors Um, if you're overwhelmed we can schedule a time for you to talk to one of those counselors reach out to us through the phone or uh, look for details on our website. All the contact info is in the show notes. Next time, we'll hear from Dr. Meg Meeker about every boy's war with his mom. And for now, I'm John Fuller. On behalf of Danny and the entire team, thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting podcast.